Know what it takes for you to be an influencer in your industry? A million followers? A million dollars? Hear stories from real-life influencers to discover what it truly takes to be an influencer. This is Influence That Innovates. Well, welcome to Influence That Innovates, where we break down what it means to be an influencer. I'm Andrew Gabbert, and my goal is to inspire innovation by sharing stories of influencers and reminding you that everyone has influence. The question is, what will you do with it? So today I'm sitting down with this week's influencer, Holly Clear. Holly is the founder of Social Media Advisor, which is a social media marketing company that focuses on social media branding, online marketing, and keyword relevance optimization. Now I do need to mention that the views and opinions expressed by this week's influencer do not represent those of the show or of Joyco. Uh, so Holly, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Very excited. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Social Media Advisor and what you do? Yes. So the Social Media Advisor was an idea founded off the the principle that anyone could market and be able to produce a, a presence and saturate a market um, for a particular industry just by utilizing the resources of social media. So the power of storytelling is very, very important. Um, being able to tell your pain points that you're trying to solve for your client. Speaking about your ideal target demographic is really ideal. See, a lot of people create a social profile and use the about section of their website. And it's just, it's not keyword friendly and it doesn't talk about the pain points that you solve. Mm -hmm. And when you think about when people search on the internet, they're looking up things that, um, that they're really needing. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking for this widget, I'm not actually looking for the widget itself. I'm looking for what the widget's going to solve for me. And so that is really what we should be telling in our social media marketing. And so my husband and I started the company based off the idea that even the small mom and pop shops can be as successful as the larger corporations. You just have to have a brand that um, is representative of yourself, the things that you're trying to solve, and then is relatable and uh, relationship worthy. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, as you probably guessed, uh, I want to focus on influence through social media (laughs) in this interview. But the first thing I want to ask you is how would you define the term influencer? An influencer, as far as I'm concerned, is someone that is able to provide knowledge and insight that maybe others might not have. They set the groundwork for social proof, if you will, kind of leading a trend of what their brand looks like. I mentioned the word saturate a little bit ago, and that's just basically a consistency to build that like, know, and trust. So it can be a child that's an influencer of other children because of their experience or pride in the knowledge that they have about something such Mm -hmm. as Star Wars or, you know, (laughs) I'm an expert at Darth Vader, right? (laughs) That children of any age can be an influencer just depending on the topic. Mm -hmm. So as far as social media, it's really maintaining a very consistent presence and talking about things that people are interested in and they start to follow you and begin that engagement process and then you know, you're, you become top of mind. Mm -hmm. Do you consider yourself an influencer? (laughs) That is a very difficult question to answer because I just stated anyone could be an influencer and it's hard to even admit that you could possibly be one. I would say in the circle of people that follow the social media advisor brand that we have definitely made a footprint in the things that we like to share in the education and building that like no trust with our audience. And so, yes, <laughs> I'm going to be humble in that though and just say, you know, 
it is a big thing for someone else to look at your knowledge and experience and call it a social proof. It's, it's a huge compliment, to be honest with you. But we do all have to be very, very careful because of the fact that if you share too much politically mm-hmm. or uh, religiously or whatever, your influence can be taken as a positive or negative. Mm-hmm. So yes, to answer your question, it, with a bow on it, <laughs> we all are influencers. And, and so I'd like to say that my influence has to do with education in the social media realm. Okay, great. Uh, so why don't you start off with the social media topic by telling us about the importance of social media when it comes to just impacting people. Having social proof is a big deal. And a lot of people don't know what social proof is. Um, it's basically establishing a presence that shows that you're credible. So for a business, let's say a mom and pop shop that does plumbing. If they have a website, which they should, that's kind of a static presence that people can look up on the internet and know, okay, so this is about the services that that they would provide us. Having a social media presence actually shows that you're a credible business because it shows that you've got activity and you're staying up to date. You're wanting to educate your audience about a topic, maybe tips of how to fix plumbing or notice if there's a leak or, you know, in the time of a freeze. You know, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of relatable topics that could be shared. Yeah. Because of the fact that we all have smart devices, well, a lot of us have smart devices at our fingertips, we've got access to the internet whenever we want, unless you're locked in the mountains in Buena <laughs> Vista, which was something that recently I got the pleasure to do. So that was great, <laughs> but I had zero internet. Um, in most cases, you you would receive a phone call from someone or you have a need for something, you're going to look it up on the internet. A couple of things are going to show up, a website mm-hmm. and the places where they have a social presence. Now, if you are an internet user like I am, you're probably going to click on the social presence icons before you're going to click on the website because that's more static. And the social icons are going to show us your actual activity. What are the things they're talking about right now that I could be interested in? Mm-hmm. So that social proof and social presence is imperative. Yeah. A lot of people don't even have a website but want to jump onto Facebook. Well, you really need to have both. Because when you come up in search results in Google, it's going to rank you based off of website, then social links, Mm -hmm. or in reverse order. I'm hoping I answered that. (laughs) Yes. So people pay attention to what we say on social media. Yes. I mean, I I think that's a a well-known, established fact. Yes. I don't know of anybody that would debate that. Uh, Whether it's a personal profile or business profile, people are reading what we're saying, even people that we don't know. Yeah. And so that's one of the big things that we have tried to hit on this show is somebody's always watching whether you realize it or not. And social media is probably the best example of that that I can think of. Absolutely. Anybody can see what you're posting. You know, if you put something on your profile and it's public, then it's public. Anybody can see it. And then you hear all these stories of networks and companies getting hacked into and all this information released. And so even when you think it's secure, it's not always secure. True, yes. (laughs) So with that being said, with what kind of mindset should we approach social media knowing that people are paying attention? Well, it's important to always remember that you as an individual and you as a company, if it's, you know, yourself plus some employees, either way, your personal brand is representative of your corporate brand as well. And so everything that you share, you really should have that 
on top of mind. Mm -hmm. There are times where you can share things that are going on in your personal life. There's networks set up for that. For example, I wouldn't share if I had a loss in the family on LinkedIn. But I might do that in my Facebook network, mm -hmm. you know, depending on how my privacy settings are set up. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily make every post public and I can categorize the people I'm connected to so certain individuals can see certain things. So that's valuable. But I'm probably not going to go on a political rant on LinkedIn or Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so we all have to be conscious of this yeah. consistently. And I actually, I talk to youth frequently about their engagement on social media because they're, they're drawn toward those networks such as Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram mm -hmm. that don't have as many privacy settings as Facebook might. And they like that. They like the, the fast pace, very short messages, mm -hmm. very viral to whomever. Yeah. And they don't think about the words that they're saying. They're not thinking about the fact that they may be actually bullying someone when interacting on social mm -hmm. and that your actions now will affect whether you get a job when it's time. Yeah. And they're just, it's not top of mind. You know, you think about a video that I might post to YouTube as a young, as a young person. Well, the, the choice of words you chose to use, that doesn't disappear from servers if you delete the video. You know, so there's always something that can be recovered. Mm -hmm. And unlike what they may believe in the Snapchat world, it's not, I just recorded this video or took this picture and sent it to this group of people and now it's gone. Because legally it can't be gone. If there's any sort of circumstance where there's some crime that happened, the government and um, officials have to be able to access that information so it doesn't just disappear. And we saw that with that hacking. Yep. All of those millions of accounts all became public. And you know what? Your dirty laundry is now aired for the world. Yep. And that could happen at any time. So yes, your personal brand is imperative You've got to be thinking about the things that you're yeah. sharing. And it doesn't mean that you now have to go to, okay, I'm not going to share anything at all. <laughs> because yeah. you still want to have that relationship with people. Right. But you also don't want to be too rainbow and sunshine either, mm -hmm. where I'm just going to post positive stuff. People who follow you want to see all of the different aspects of who you are because they want to get to know you. So in my particular case, I might share articles of influence in LinkedIn. And I might share articles from people that I'm connected to or events that they might be hosting that I think might be valuable to others. But in the LinkedIn world, I'm not going to share about my cat <laughs> if I had one. Yep. <laughs> you know? But in Facebook, I would. I'd want to share how much I love my dog and my children and, and stuff like that, so long as I was careful about the people I invited into mm -hmm. my network. It's an interesting sword. If you want to have things that are public, you've got to be able to open yourself up to whomever and be open to however they perceive the information that you choose to share. Yes. I've seen that in teenagers, what you're talking about, where they don't, you know, it's that word vomit. You just, you're frustrated and you just say it or, yes. um, or even if in a positive way, you, you just throw it out there, whatever it is. I think we see that in adults as well. It may be a little more subtle. <laughs> it's definitely more intentional, I think, most of the time with adults. But we have to be intentional about what we're saying. Yes. And we have to be able to understand and accept the consequences, positive or negative. Absolutely. And this time of year is always weird when you've got all these political events that are going to be coming up mm -hmm. that you've got differing opinions. Yep. And we are entitled. We <laughs> love to share yes. our opinions. And so what do we do with that? 
while we could hurt ourselves tremendously. Mm -hmm. I personally have a friend who is a well-known individual who happens to be in the teaching arena and decided for some reason in the last year and a half that every political stance he wanted to make was going to be shared. And not only is his footprint pretty substantial, but people were coming out on his wall actually saying, I can't believe that I have paid you money to learn something from you when you are this hateful. Hmm. Now, he didn't feel that his perspective was hateful, but when you share openly such drastic opinions, you've got to be open to the fact that now someone's not going to want to do business with you because yep. of your behavior. Yep. So it can be damaging and it can also be an uplifting experience. Yes. You can have a very positive response from people. And I think that's a good reminder that really it doesn't matter what message you're trying to send. What matters is what message is received. Yes. You know, your intentions don't really matter on social media. What matters is, is how they perceive what you're saying. Yeah. If they're offended by it, that's what they're going to react to. Yes. So. And even at the end of the day, if they were offended, it's how you choose to respond to that mm -hmm. offense that makes all the difference. Yes. I can get a bad review about something. And you know what? If I chose to do nothing or I wanted to try to make that person feel less of a person or that their opinion was less valid, then they're either going to be a customer for life or they're going to be a hater for life. Mm -hmm. And when one person hates, there's 10 to 100 other people that they're going to encounter and remind those people yeah. of that moment. Yep. So, yes. yeah. Uh, I, I want to shift. You mentioned privacy settings. So uh, a lot of times, you know, kids aren't necessarily thinking about those and, and how important they can be. What about in the business arena and on the different social networks? How important and maybe what kind of privacy settings should we be trying to employ? Those are great questions. It depends on the type of profile that you have. If you have a personal Facebook page and you are administering a Facebook company page, the company page is not going to have any restrictions where you can select who can see and who can't. Mm -hmm. But you do have the option to ban users. So that's very helpful. Um, you also have profanity filters on Facebook on pages. So if you, you can literally block certain words from actually ever being shared on your page. And the user would just get a message that says your post cannot be shared at this time. So they don't know, okay, well, you're not allowed to use that word, mm -hmm. but you're just not able to post right now which does give the business owner a little bit of freedom. You can also select what people are able to share to your page in the Facebook world. So you can allow folks to tag you or not, post pictures or not, post posts or not. Um, you can even select in Facebook to pre-authorize posts so where you have to screen them every time. That takes a lot of work administratively, especially <laughs> if you have a very busy page, mm -hmm. but it gives you options. So you're not just vulnerable to the world. Yeah. Now, as far as a personal profile goes on Facebook, you can set up every single one of your posts to be visible or not, and even the majority of the sections. Minus your profile picture and your cover photo, those will always be public, at least for right now. The rest of your profile basically is set up for you, you to select, do I want friends to see this? Do I want only me to see this? Or do I want to remove this altogether? Now, LinkedIn has something very similar, where for your personal profile, you can select what others view. So that's nice. You can also select if you want your contact shown. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't want that. You can select if you want people to know that you've seen their profile. Yeah. And you can turn that off 
if you don't want, if you just want to troll around and not want people to know. Google Plus has the option for you to select certain sections that you want on or off, as well as who can see what you post. My circles are public. So those are great options. Now, mm -hmm. in the Twitter world, you're either public or you're private. So if you're private, you have to be approved before someone can see your tweets. That does limit you on a large scale. Mm -hmm. Instagram has that option as well, where you can make it public or pre-approved, right? But again, the same thing goes to once you share it, it's still out there. Mm -hmm. And so if someone's connected to you, someone else can see it. Yeah. Now, you, you touched on something that I want to bring up briefly uh, in the thought that two ideas that come to my mind. The first is your influence is affected by the people who interact with you. You know, people look at who's posting on your page, what are they saying, how are they talking, and that kind of stuff. And that reflects on you or your business, depending on what, what uh, profile it's connected to. Yes, it can. So another thought there, related thought, is connecting with strangers. You know, a lot that happens a lot on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and Twitter. You'll get people who are reaching out. You reach out to them. You've never met them. You're just trying to get yourself in front of them. Yes. And, and the other way as well. So why don't you touch real quickly on that and maybe the effects that that can have, positive or negative, on, on someone's business or, or individually? There are positive and negative to both for sure. In the Facebook world, I only connect to people that send me a request that I have gotten to know well enough that. I would invite them into my house to meet my family. So in that world, that's who I accept mm -hmm. because I share like a journal mm -hmm. life events that are going on. Now in the Twitter world, I've got a corporate profile and I've got a secret one that only my best friends have access to. And it's not even under an alias that anyone would know. Part of that's because of the fact that I need to be able to share and I need to have a safe place to share too. Mm -hmm. In LinkedIn, I openly connect with almost everyone. Where that's a positive is now my my network of potential connections and referral partners has grown. Mm -hmm. Where that's a hindrance is I will see that someone, I get messages all the time of someone who says, okay, I see that you're connected to so-and-so mm -hmm. and I'd love to be connected to them. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Yeah. And I have to be honest and say, you know what? Yes, we are connected. I don't know that person personally. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like an introduction, I can do that. But just know I'm not putting my name behind yeah. anything about them unless I've gotten to know them first. Yeah. I've learned to say, uh, I'm looking to connect with this person you're connected with. Do you know them well enough to do an intro? <laughs> yes. I've learned to have that little bit in there because it's so prevalent where people will connect and accept connections it from really perfect is. strangers. Well, and, and on the heels of that too, I get requests from people that I've never actually met in person who asked me for a recommendation on LinkedIn. Hmm. How do you think I would be able to recommend you? Because <laughs> that's not necessarily going to be the case here. So please don't send that, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you max out on recommendation requests as it is and be specific and strategic, Yeah, you know? So yeah, there, there's a hindrance mm -hmm. there, but you do have that whole footprint. It's mm -hmm. really great to have that visibility. And in LinkedIn, I can connect to 30,000 people. In Facebook, I can connect to 5,000. So am I going to be more inclined to openly connect on LinkedIn over Facebook? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had it last week. A guy reached out to me that I had never, I've never heard of him and never met him before. And I saw that we had a mutual connection. And so I accepted the connection. And then I said, oh, how do you know this person? And then he said, actually, I don't really know them. We're just, we're connected, but I don't, I don't really know. 
know this person that well. So, but I used it as an opportunity to start the conversation and I learned what he did and, and, and I'm hoping to get him on the show now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but it's... I was I use it to my advantage to actually create a new connection. We were connected on LinkedIn, but now I've used it as an excuse to get to know him a little bit. That's a wonderful use of that. I do have to tell you a horror story. <laughs> okay. So a small group of my friends and I, uh, we're professional friends that um, we each connected to one individual on LinkedIn and just so happened to notice that the others were also connected to this person had to have been the same 24-hour window. And because I like to message each, each person I connect to, I sent them a private message. I got a response back that was very canned and not not in a tone a, a U.S. citizen would speak in, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading through this and I'm thinking, I, I, are, very, I are very pretty. Um, I would like to get to know you more <laughs> to see if there's potential relationship in future. And I'm reading through this thinking, okay, this is not a dating network, right? And, but yet it was, it was a very, very canned deal. And so (laughs) after reading through this message that I received, it was really like, this is just odd. How do you, how do you guys know this particular individual? So we had a, a conversation about it. We all received the same connection request within the same 24 hours. We all responded with some sort of message and got an auto response. Well, turns out it was a robot server Huh. that was connecting to certain individuals, mimicking as an actual person. And hmm. so we did find that this individual did have a valid LinkedIn profile. So there's two points to this portion of the story. One is be aware that when you connect to people, you've got to be open to whatever that perception is mm-hmm. and their in- choice of engagement with you. But also you should be searching for yourself on the internet. Yeah. So you know what is actually out there. Yeah. So I want to move on a little bit to some best practices type questions. What kinds of behaviors should we avoid if we want to have a positive influence through social media? That's a biggie. (laughs) (laughs) Always keep in mind that if it's not something that you're comfortable with a a lot of people seeing, you probably shouldn't share it. So I like to think of someone who is an influencer in my life my mom and my dad. And if I'm not comfortable with my parents seeing it, then I should not be sharing it. Also, if I know that something I might say might damage my brand and in turn affect a customer experience, I need to be very careful with the choice of words that I use. Keeping in tune with staying positive as much as possible, you know, be real. Be real, but be aware and sensitive to the feelings of others, and the perspectives of others. And if someone is willing to share their opinion with you, honor that by giving them an encouraging or positive response in return, even if their their opinion is negative, that they deserve the right to be heard mm-hmm. and they deserve the right to receive respect from that response. And, you know, be aware of your privacy settings as much as possible. Know what your options are and be comfortable with, with what you choose. Because that's that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, your privacy settings are this, and you're going to forget about it later. Mm-hmm. So, educate yourself as much as possible. Great, yeah, I love that. The idea of what you're saying is that influencers value other people. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I love that idea. It's not just about us, and you know, I'm an influencer, and how can I 
impact these people and but it's how I need to listen to them and appreciate them and even when they can be challenging sometimes you know, whether it's a stranger or a friend, best friend or whatever family member doesn't matter yeah well you know we were given two great ears to listen and one big mouth to keep closed <laughs> and you know there's a reason why there's not two mouths mm-hmm. you know we can we can pause and we can listen it, it is about that customer service relationship even in personal relationships mm-hmm that if we take the time to be intentional and present, then we are pausing to listen and we're not just sharing our own verbal vomit, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have examples of businesses or individuals who are doing social media the right way? That if we wanted to look... Sure. Yeah. And that one was interesting when I I read it. (laughs) And the reason why is because social media folk when they talk about influence and doing it right, tend to not reference each other a whole lot because of the pressure that gets put behind it. The mm-hmm. second I mention someone's name, now I've put my stamp of approval on the stuff that they're sharing and what happens if they go rogue, mm-hmm. right? So there are some some really great local social media celebrities, I'm using quotation marks with my fingers, that are out there that will tell you they're not an influencer. And they'll they'll say that all day long. But I very much value and respect the opinions and presence that Joel Com has. He's wonderful. He's always trying out new things. And he gives you honest feedback. And I value that very, very much. And he's actually talked a lot about some of these privacy and the things you should post topics on mm-hmm. some of his pages before. Um, Any of the ladies that I'm connected to in Colorado Women in Social Media have been great influence into my world with their specific industry focuses. And so I really like to look to them for information, knowledge, and experience that they've got with the type of clients that they work with. So I would say those those are some really good ones that I would lean toward Mm -hmm. for influence. Great. Yeah. So that's Joel Com. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm not familiar with Joel, um, but I do know the Colorado women in social media and they're, they're awesome ladies. So uh, feel free. To, they would love it if you would connect with them. I have no doubt. <laughs> uh, so shout out to them for sure. Well, thank you, Holly. This is, this has been fun for me. Awesome. I, me I, too. I, this is always a lot of fun for me. So <laughs> social media is, is so relevant in businesses and individuals. It's scary almost. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys are interested in learning more about the social media advisor um, and how they can help your business reach your audience effectively um, and really capture their attention through social media, you can check out their website at www.thesocialmediaadvisor.com. Uh, so I hope this has been encouraging for you guys who are listening. Be sure to check out more episodes as we continue to explore the idea of influence and what it means to be an influencer. Enjoy your week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Influence That Innovates, brought to you by Joyco Productions. And don't forget, somebody's always watching. Don't waste it.